Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. All right, if you have your Bibles, get those out. We're going to turn there in just a moment. Uh, We are concluding today this series called God Is. We've been doing this for about six, seven weeks uh, where we've been discovering who God is in our life, what he, not just who he is, but what he means to us specifically. And I, I've been asking you guys every week, I've been saying, well, who is God to you? God is, and fill in the blank. And some of you had so many different answers, and there's so much that we can say about who God is. Um, I've just been focusing on some specific ones that I kind of see through Scripture, the attributes, if you will, of God. Uh, we learned about God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God is everywhere all the time. God is gracious. Uh, God is merciful. Uh, And we've learned different attributes of who God is and what God does in our life. And today is no different. Today in our final day, this is going to be the one I saved for the last because you always save the best for last, right? Whenever you did your Thanksgiving dinner, you kept your fork because the best was yet to come. The dessert, right? The best is yet to come, and that's what today is. Today is God is in control. Now, some of you say, well, listen, you talked about God is love last week. I like that a lot better than God is in control. There's always this kind of grind against human nature when we say that someone else is in control besides ourselves, right? Because as human beings, we want to know or believe We're in control. We're in control of our life. We're in control of our finances. We're in control of our home. We're in control of of everything we do. But I just want you to go with me on this journey today to discover how God is in control of all things, the past, the present, and the future. Here's what Ephesians says this. It says, God, talking about God, it says, everything in heaven and uh, in heavens and earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as being in control of what? Let's do that a little bit better, guys. We adore him because he's in control of? Hear that. We love the fact that even though we like to be in control, we also enjoy the fact that someone else takes responsibility. I kind of enjoy the fact the buck doesn't stop with me, that there is one who is greater. I love the fact that God is in control. Now, in the biblical stance, in in a theological terminology, this would be called sovereignty. God is sovereign. That means he does as he wills. He can do anything he wants to do because he's God. He is fully and completely, say it with me, he is what? God is in control. He is in control of all things. There are three guys talking about their wives. And they were saying, they were saying, man, I run the household. I'm in control of everything that happens. If I say, listen, she shuts up and listens. I'm in control. The first and second guy are bragging about their wives and other Third guy's just staying quiet, just not saying much. And they're bragging about it, and they're talking about it. And they look at the third guy and they go, hey, you haven't said much. What about you? He goes, oh, I'm the king of my home. I'm in control completely. In fact, the other night, 
she came crawling on her hands and knees, begging me, begging me. And they was like, wow, you are in control. Yeah, she was begging me, get out from underneath that bed and fight like a man. <laughs> God is in control. God created all. He sustains all. He holds everything together. God, even though we look at our history and we look at where we're at, God is still in control. He writes the first letter of the book. He will write the last and put the period at the end. God is in control of all of our lives. From the time you're born, destined by God, controlled by God. When you die, you do not determine that. God makes that determination because he is in control. The passions you have in life, all God's. Your future, your direction, all God's. You think you have the ultimate say in it, and while God does take your word under consideration, it doesn't change his control. And this is Americans, we don't like this. This goes against everything American, because why? I'm free. I'm a free person, and because I'm free, no one controls me. And yet, ultimately, we see throughout Scripture that God is ultimately in control. Uh, we play a chess match or a chess game with God, and we think we know the moves, and yet, ultimately, God is always going to win because he's always in control. Much like when you get on a cruise ship to go on vacation, you have all the freedom in the world to go around that ship and have all the fun you want, swim in the pool, go to the restaurants, eat until you can't eat anymore, have a good time, go to the shows, go to the entertainment. But ultimately, that cruise ship does not care what you think about the path of where it's going. The cruise captain will take it where he wants it to go. That is how God is in control. We, he gives us freedom. He gives us opportunity. But ultimately, he is in charge of the destination that we will wind up as. And this can speak into many different areas of our life. I pray today that it'll speak in a way that will challenge your thoughts and challenge what you think about God. Because some of you in this place today have decisions to make. Some of you have a 2023 coming around the corner, and every time 20, the new year rolls around, we think about, I've got to make decisions, I've got to move, I've got to do this, or I've got to do that, or this is inevitable, this is something I have to face. I'm here to just encourage you today, hear the words that you're going to hear from the Bible, from the Word today. You may think that you have a certain role, but ultimately, it's God who directs our paths. Ultimately, it's God who navigates the water course of our life. So I want to look at three practical ways that this will apply to all of our lives. You have your notes. Write these down. I think you want to keep these and refer to these uh, down the road because they are some good points. Here's the first one. Because God is in control, he is in control of my future. Because God is in control, he is in control of my futures. The, the Bible says that Men make plans, women make plans, but God directs 
the course. Here's what Proverbs 19, 21. It says, many are the plans in a man's or a woman's heart, but it is the Lord's, what? The Lord's purpose that prevails. Make your plans, make your agendas, but it is God who ultimately determines where you go. Listen, sky's the limit in the decisions you make, but just know that God created the sky. You hear that? Sky's the limit, but God ultimately made the sky. You can, you can do as you will, do as you want, but God ultimately is in control. Proverbs 16.1 says this. It says, we may make our plans, but God has the last word. I like that. God has the last word. Now, some of you in this room can talk the hind leg off a mule. You talk, talk, talk. You out talk. You always got to have the last word. In every argument you have, you got to have the last word. Don't poke anybody. Don't look at anybody. You know who you are. Got to have the last word, right? <laughs> but ultimately, God will have the last word. Plans change. Thank God plans change. I didn't marry the first person I ever fell in love with. It'd be my dog, Butterscotch. It's gross. Right? Uh, first girl I ever was interested in, I didn't marry her. All right? Because why? Plans change. The first job I ever had. Uh, I'm glad I'm not still at that job. Thank God for the job that I had. It, it taught me hard work, taught me hard values, and it taught me work harder to get away from it. Right? Didn't stay in it because plans change. Where we live, where we go, what we do, plans change. Uh, when I was a kid, my first dream to be something when I grew up was to be a fire truck. <laughs> Told my mom all the time, I want to be a fire truck when I grow up. Now in our world today, oddly enough, I could identify as a fire truck. <laughs> as sick as that sounds, I could, you know? But I didn't quite get there. I didn't, I had dreams then of being a singer and, and traveling and I did a few small little churches and I did some venues and I had a dream of that. Didn't happen. I had a dream then to start a church. Had a dream to, and a vision to start a church and didn't do that. Things changed. I never had a dream in a million years that I would wind up in Cluck Cluck, Iowa for 19 years. Never in a million years did this come into my dreams. But I'm here living the dream with all of you guys. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. Plans change. Here's two kinds of attitudes that you may have in life. You can have a wrong attitude and you have a right attitude. What's the wrong attitude? The wrong attitude is called presumption. We presume, we presume some things that maybe we should not. Um, we presume we're going to make a decision. We're going to grow up. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we never take God into consideration. We never consult him. We never ask him for his advice. We never seek him. We just say, you know what? I want to make a lot of money, so I'm going to pick a path of money path. I want a money path. Others will say, I want to serve people, so I'm going to serve path. Now, I want to tell you right now, I don't believe that one is better than the other. In God's eyes, I think God wants us all to find fulfillment, find enjoyment in whatever we do. And if along the way you get wealthy, then God is going to bless you with that. However, so many times we presume that th we think we make the decision. We don't. Here's what James 4, chapter 13 through uh, 
James chapter 4, 13 through 15 says, says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to that city or that town and we'll spend a year there carrying out business and make money. Says, listen, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will go to that town, we will go to that place, and we will do as the Lord wills. See, presumption makes you the center of your decisions. It's a wrong attitude. Instead, I'm going to give you the right attitude. The right attitude is cooperation. Not presumption, where you're the center of it, cooperation where you include a co-op with God that is a contract or an agreement that says, I will do what you want me to do. Just guide my steps and lead me where you want me to go. Cooperation. You pray. You don't say this, God, I'm going to do this and you need to bless it. It's a lot of people do that. A lot of people start business adventures. A lot of people go to, into certain degree programs. A lot of people uh, go to a job and they basically say, I'm going to do this, God, whether you bless, I'm going to do this and you better get on board with it because bless me as I go and do it. I don't care what your opinion is on it whatsoever. This is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not, that's presumption, not cooperation. Cooperation is this, God, where are you leading me? And I will walk in it and you will then Bless it. Not, I make the plans and beg God to bless it. No, no. I ask God what his plan is, and as I move, he blesses me. Big difference. Cooperation versus presumption. Here's what Proverbs 16, 9 says. It says, we should make plans counting on God to direct us. Pray first, pray often, Pray frequently and ask God for his direction and his blessing instead of stepping out, getting yourself in over your head, and then saying, God, would you please bail me out because I got in over my head. Before you buy a car, before you buy a house, before you go Christmas shopping, those Black Friday deals, they're, man, they're so tempting. You know, I mean, I don't need a TV, but by golly, for 200 bucks, I'm going to have one the size of my car. Why can't I get it, God? Because what happens is we get emotionally connected. We get emotionally in over our head. And when we do, then we say, oh, God, bail me out. I got it over my head. Help me. No, no, no. Before we go and do, we pray. Before we buy, we pray. You say, well, that, that seems like such a time-consuming thing, Really? God, am I supposed to get that TV or not? Put a piece in my heart or stop me? Just stir me and be like, you don't need it right now. Do I need that car? No, I don't need that car. This car is running just fine. Sure, the tires are bald and, and the air conditioner doesn't work, but I won't die. I'll get through, put some tires on it, keep going. You know why? Because it's called presumption versus cooperation. We are, should be in a co-op with God not presuming and asking God to bless what we do. We ask, we ask for wisdom, we accept and uh, allow him to guide us. So first thing is, um, we, God is in control of our future. Second thought is this, God is in control because God is in control of our purpose, our plans, our purpose, our direction, where we're going, what we're doing and how we're getting there. God is in control of my 
purpose. First Peter uh, 1, 6 and 7 says, At present, you may be temporarily harassed by all kinds of trials, but this is no accident. It happens. Why does it happen? It happens to prove your faith, which is intentionally more valuable than gold. When trials come, when pushback happens, understand that God is in the problem-fixing business. He does, in control, can do whatever he wants to do. We remind ourselves that I'm a child of God, and because I'm a child of God, he has his best intended for me. What the enemy means for harm and hurtfulness, God changes for his good. And all those in the house that believe it say yes and amen. That's true. Good job, Pastor Kevin. Thanks for reminding me. When the enemy says no, God says yes. Whenever the enemy says defeat, God says victory. Why? Because God is in control of my purpose. Now, let me be very clear in this, this particular um, thought. God does not cause the evil things that we say in this world. That is a result of sin. Because there is sin, there is a degradation that goes on in a human condition. So when we hear about the senseless death, murders, massacres that go on. We hear about the shootings. When we hear about these things, God is not in that. That is the result of sin and evil that is rampant in this world. Everybody understand me? Right? But, but God is the God that is there in the times whenever those things happen to comfort, to, to, uh, to meet them at the point of their loss, to say, I'm with you, to help them understand that, listen, though this evil happened, I can do far better. I can do good. When the doctor calls and cancer is in the picture, God did not cause the cancer, but God will comfort us as we journey through the healing. What I'm saying is, God is a good God and does good for his people. God allowed Paul, a servant of God, to be imprisoned in shackles and chains, even beaten, starving at times in his life. God did allow that to happen, but why? Because the prison guard got saved and many others were saved as a result of his faithfulness to God. Pharaoh had all these, uh, all these uh, Hebrews, all the Israelites in prison and chains and shackles. And Moses shows up and says, hey, let my people go. And he said, no, not going to do it. Ten plagues came upon all the nation of Egypt until finally he said, please take them. I need them gone. Even though it may seem like sometimes God does very unusual things, God is always in control. Jesus dying on the cross, what a brutal massacre. What a horrible way to die. 
broken, or I'm sorry, uh, broken capillaries and, and bloody and eyeballs bulging out and, and, and beaten on his back and, and the scourge, the worst scourge of the earth, plucking at him, punching him and hitting him. And yet we see that through that, what happened is we have the hope of eternal life because of what Jesus did. God is in control. My plans have limits. My problems sometimes overwhelm me, but I have to understand that God is in control. Job lost everything he had. Lost his kids, lost his livestock, lost his servants, lost his house, lost everything he had except a wonderful nagging wife. God didn't take her. Satan knew what he was doing. But you read forward as Job remained faithful. It says, the Lord gave me everything. Job 121. The Lord gave me everything I had and they were his to take away. They were his to take away. And he says this, blessed be the name of the Lord. And if you fast forward in Job's life, read through, at the end of his life, he was two times more blessed than he was at that point. God's in control of the purpose of our life. This is the reality. Uh, some of you here today, you've been hurt. Some of you here today had to go through a Thanksgiving that was pretty painful. Uh, it could be because of past decisions made by people that have caused pain inside your family. It could be of current situations, marriages that are struggling and strife that is going on. It could be that um, you, this, you're going through a time right now where you're reevaluating your job and your future and where you're going and what you're doing. Um, maybe your friends are challenging to you and employees. Let me tell you something. Trust God that he is in control of your purpose and where you're going and what you're doing. You never know. I, I, I have people all the time say to me, why? Why does this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this person have to go through this? Why? Well, I, I don't know what to say except I can't answer it right here and now, but I know that God loves and God cares and God comforts and God heals and God restores and God is in control. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 says it this way, At present, you may be temporarily harassed, by all kinds of trials. This is no accident. It happens to prove your faith, which definitely is more valuable than gold. Always remember, more valuable than gold. Look past the pain. Look past the problems you're in. Look past the troubles you're in and see that God is bigger than all those problems. So first thing is, uh, God is, God is in control of all my problems because he has a purpose for them. God is in control of my plans uh, for the future. And lastly, God is in control of my prayers and they have an impact on where I'm going. My prayers have an impact. Anybody in this room, by a show of hands, anybody in this room ever prayed and felt like God wasn't listening? Raise your hands, just being honest in the house today. Anybody? Anybody felt like when you were praying, they're bouncing off the ceiling and smacking you back in the face? I mean, I feel like that sometimes. It's like, why am I even trying? Why am I wasting my breath? God's not listening. God's not hearing anything because nothing's changing. Nothing's shifting. Nothing's moving. It's all just stay the same status quo. What's going on? I'm here to tell you, and I say this all the time, remember that prayers are for you. 
They align us with God's will. Our prayers align us with God's will. They don't change God's will. And we sometimes think we have some kind of upper hand. I have people all the time, would you pray for me? I'm like, well, sure, I'll pray for you, but you can pray for yourself. Just because I'm Pastor Kevin doesn't trust me. I got no bank with God. I got no upper hand. I got nothing that says that my prayers are heard over yours at all. And I'm saying that very real. Guys, listen, we all are on the same playing field here. God hears us all. And the prayers that you say are prayers that study and calm your soul because you lean on him. You give control back. I know some of you in this room, you're control freaks. You know, you're like, oh yeah, God's in control. Sure. But he needs help with directions. Eh, God's in control. Just let me have my hand on the steering wheel in case I got to jerk it this way or that way, right? Jerk the steering wheel that way or this way, whatever it is. This is what we have to remember, because God is in control, my purpose and my prayers have an impact, but the impact is for me. It changes me. Prayer changes me, because it helps me remind myself he's in control. Ephesians 3.20 says this, God is able to do far more than we would ever dare ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, and hopes. You know what that's saying? That's saying God has more that he wants to do. Sometimes, listen, sometimes you ask for stuff and it's way beneath what God wants to do. He wants to do far more than that. Read that again. He is able to do far more than you would ever dare or ask or even dream, infinitely beyond your highest prayers, desires, thoughts, and hopes. So when you pray, when you cry out to God, sure, pray specifically, absolutely. I'm going to tell you to pray specifically. But no, God, whatever your will is, that's what I want because it could be something better. Thank you. 20 times Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. 20 times Jesus reminds us, ask me, ask the Father, seek the Father, knock, and it will be given to you. Your family broke down, your family in disarray, your relationships breaking apart, your kids running there, running here, your health out of control. You don't know what your future is. You don't know where you're going to go, what you're going to do. I'm, gonna hear, I'm here to tell you, ask, seek, knock. And you pray and you ask again. You ask again and you trust him again. You can pray every day for a healing and that healing may come in the form that you desire or that healing may come in a totally different way that you would even say, that's unfair, God. But ultimately, if God's in control, the ultimate answer to our prayers is, God, we trust you. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? God is not a genie in a bottle 
that we have to rub the right way to get our wishes answered. That's not God. During this time of year, God is not Santa Claus, that you tell him all your wish list and you get it all. That's not the way who God is. God is, listen to this, God is sovereign. And if you really trust him, you'll trust him with everything in your life. You'll trust him with your future. You'll trust him with your, with your, your sickness. You'll trust him with your finances. You'll trust him with your relationships. You'll trust him. Why? Because God is in control. And because he is, I know he wants the best for me. He's got good in store for me. See, we see, I, we see, I don't know how many guys have vision problems. I have, I'm visually challenged. Um, I visually can only see so far as all of us. I'm, I don't wear glasses, I wear contacts, but we all have vision challenges. Here's the deal, I can only see so far. I need someone that from a thousand foot view can see way down the road. I need the one that has the aerial view because I can only see here and now. So I trust him, I ask him. I pray and I trust him. I ask, I seek, and I knock. So let's apply this to your life. Let's talk about your plans. Are you presuming? Are you presuming God's, presuming your plans in life and asking God to bless it later? Are you cooperating with God and saying, God, what do you want? That's what I want. I'll walk in your blessing. I'll walk where you want me to walk. Do you plan, then consult, or do you consult God and then plan? Do you want God's blessing, or do you want his rescue? Your problems, are you the victim? Do you have a pity party in your life whenever something comes your way? Listen, sad times comes, every single one of us. The Bible says uh, the righteous and the unrighteous, bad and good fall on all of them. We're all in the same boat. We, none of us are exempt from the pains of this life. The difference is how we respond to the problems that we face and who we trust when the problems come our way. And when you pray, I got this in my notes. Listen, it is a privilege to pray to God. It is a privilege. Do you realize how amazing is it that we have access to the creator of the universe. And yet, we don't pray, we don't ask, we don't seek, and we don't knock. We have, we have, we can tap into the greatest power the world has ever known, and yet we never ask him for direction. We never seek him for, uh, for what he wants to bless. Instead, we do it and ask him to bless it over our family, over our jobs, over our future. Ask, seek, knock, because he's in control of our future, over our problems, and over the struggles of our life. Bow your heads with me today. Father, help us today. Situations that are messy. Help us to remember that our problems, though they may feel big, they're not bigger than you. Help us to magnify, make you bigger than every problem that's out there. God, you're greater, you're all-knowing, you're all-powerful, 
your ever-present help in times of trouble. God, you're gracious. Your grace extends and helps us through so many shortcomings of our life. God, you are loving. You're so loving. You're so, so, so kind beyond what we could ever imagine or think. You're loving and you're kind to us. And God, today, you're in control. When we feel sick, when our loved ones are sick, when we feel defeated, frustrated, depressed, discouraged, when life is out of control, you, God, are always in control. So God, as we just kind of sit here in this moment, in this time, what do we need to give up control to you in? Every single one of us have something we try to hold on to. But God, many times you're saying, give it to me. Trust me, trust me, I got this. What is that? Every head bowed and every eyes closed in this place. What is it, God? What is it that we need to release control to you? And just like the word said to us today, God, you want to do better and bless us more than we can ever imagine, God. We just got to release and relinquish control to you. So right here, right now, God, what is it? Our job, our kids, our spouse, our future, our plans that we think we've made but never asked you what you desire. What is it, God? Right here in this moment in time, can we release that to him? God, here it is. Here's my future. Here's my problems. Here's the situations I'm facing. I trust you, God. I trust you that you're in control. You're going to bring me through. The decision I have to make is a decision that I heavily weigh and ask you for. Guide my steps. So Lord, today, teach us how to always release control to you because you are in
Here it is, right here. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without the All God is in control. during this holiday season, God, when it sometimes may feel like life's out of control and sometimes it may feel like complete chaos ensues around us, may we withdraw. May we know that, God, you're in control. And because you're in control, we don't have to fear anything. For you are the keeper of the storm. And, God, you calm the storm in our life. So, God, go with us, I pray, and remind us that you are powerful, you are all-knowing, you are everywhere all the time. You are gracious and you are loving. And you, God, are in control. Thank you for watching over us. Go as I pray and be with us this week until we come together again. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, God bless you guys. Have a great day. God is in control.
You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com.